This is Sam Cosentino, and you are listening to the Sheriff Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to an exclusive episode of The Sheriff. Guys, tonight I am blessed with the guy that I am most impressed with than all my guests currently on the show. Now, this gentleman was named, is named, the most prominent tough guy of the 1990s. And in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, that was the toughest era in professional hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, killer Kevin Kaminsky, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing good, Sheriff. Yourself? I'm doing awesome, man, because I see you on the screen. I've wanted you on the show for a long time. And and the reason is, Killer, is because my show, I just try to get the biggest characters, the biggest go-getters, leaders, pretty much icons. That's what I go for. I try to reach for the top. And I'll tell you one thing that, that's a little bit funny. Now, I was born in 1982. Okay, so I was I was somewhat young, like in in your prime, right? I watched you quite a bit. I always got drawn to the fights and stuff, just because I was always interested in that since I was a little kid. I used to get really excited, man, when an NHL fight, AHL fight would break out. And sure. I, I've seen you in action, man. I know you must have had a, a, a battle or two against Buffalo because I I watched a lot of Toronto Buffalo games. And guys like Rick Jenneret and Kaminsky with another right. And, and I'm, I'm growing up listening to this. And dude, when I did my research, I saw your, your size and weight, your height and weight, killer. And like, I don't want to get you mad, dude, because you're one tough SOB, right? But dude. Just, just when I got the blades on. <laughs> hey, man, as a kid, I thought you were like six foot five, 260 pounds. When I was doing my research, I, I'm thinking, because I'm 6'4", 220, 225 in my playing days, right, buddy? I'm thinking that this guy's probably, like, you know, maybe a little bit bigger than me. Bro, Hockey DB has you as 5'9". Other places have you 5'10". 170 pounds, killer. Is that true? Well, the 5'9 part is I'm still 5'9". Okay. Um, but I, I played about uh, 185, 190, usually 190. Okay, so five foot nine, one hundred and ninety pounds, killer. Now, dude. Okay, so you obviously have done it like at, at higher levels than me, but we both done the job. Okay, what's the average size of an enforcer in your era? I'm six four, two twenty five. Would that be kind of close to yeah, the guys? I was, I was gonna say probably six three, six four. Okay, so the average guy that you're in combat, this is a war for 30 seconds, sometimes over a minute, depending on how much endurance guys had. You're, so the, the average partner, 6'3", 6'4", 220, right? NHL, yeah. AHL. Man, so the reason why I'm bringing that point up, because I want the listeners to understand the character that I'm dealing with here, okay? 
Now, this is a gentleman that's able to, like, I couldn't even, I, I kept saying to my mom, I, I know I've mentioned a couple of times, I do my show for my mother's house. When I'm doing my research, Killer, I kept mentioning to a mom, I can't believe this guy was able to do the, the work that you put in. Like, I'm, I know what it takes to get a 400 penalty minute season, Killer. You did that in the IHL when it was pretty much the, what the AHL is now. And it was the toughest era in hockey. I know what it takes to get 400 minutes. And I could only imagine the monsters that you had to go up against consistently, night after night. That takes a big character. I want to talk about Churchbridge, Saskatchewan. I want to talk about the young killer, the young Kevin Kaminsky. Now, I, if that was your birthplace, right, Kev? Yes, it was. Yep. Okay. So yep. now you just, grew just up. got back you, there from visiting dad for Christmas, so. Did you see so you were there for the yeah. Christmas break? Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Now, how far does your dad live from that rink that was named after you, my friend, that I learned today? Oh, God, maybe about uh, five blocks. Wow. So when was that? When, when did they build the rink and when did they name it after you? I think uh, the rink was born or, or was made in 1967. And it was, I think, three years ago. Um, well, actually, we so what my team, Laron Ice Wolves, were we played a, we could play two neutral site games, and we oh, yeah? ended up uh, one of the got Carter Pryor from my hometown. He got uh, called me and said, "Hey, would you like to do a neutral site game in Churchbridge?" And I said, "Let me take it to the board." I said, "I I would love that." So we did that, and then I had no clue what what was going on. Like I even. Before the game, I even asked the I even asked to read a program. I wanted to see because he did an unbelievable job of sponsorships. Okay, I just wanted to see who all sponsored. And on the front of it, it says "Welcome to Kaminsky Arena." And I never even never even seen seen that on the front. I just went right to the sponsors. So then, before the game, they called me out on the ice, and you know they said a few things. And you know, I like I said, I still have my charity golf tournament for my hometown. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's raised over, I guess, well, 400 and I think it's like $456,000 for the community. Wow. So it goes back to the rink, the curling rink. They built, uh, you know, brand new pool, which we helped out with. They built a sports, uh, thing like for, um, I guess. So it's like uh, a rec center and, yeah, a, little, and a rink. Well, it's just, it, it's outside, but so they can go play uh, street hockey or, or, yeah. or hockey, sk skate on it, whatever. Then they built uh, like a skating board uh, uh, apparatus kind of stuff for them. Like, yeah, we just kind of just, whatever the money goes, we, we donate it right back to the school or to the, to the community. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty impressive. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I want to pick your brain a little bit more about your golf tournament and whatnot. Um, so, so dude, so Churchbridge, I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about your family, Killer, um, because I, I just find that the bigger characters that I have on my show, like yourself, that they were really, like, formed in their childhood. They were able to become this character, and now it's just grown and grown and blossomed into what it is today, right? So I want to talk about your family. I want to talk about school. What was a young Kevin like? First of all, what about siblings and mom and dad? Yeah, well, mom, mom's actually been gone for about 12 years. Okay, God bless her soul. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
I do miss her pierogies and cabbage rolls and all that, but, uh, you know, so we have to get it from someone else uh, when I do go back home. But no, dad, uh, you know, dad was, uh, he worked for the town, then he worked for the potash mine about uh, 15 minutes away. Um, my brother, uh, you know what, he could have played hockey, but he, he didn't have the passion for it. He was, he was a lefty, he was tough, and he had unbelievable hands. Um, but he, you know what, he's uh, been a school teacher, I think, for 30 years. I think he's going to retire after next year. Hey, uh, then my sister, uh, a younger sister, um, lives in Winnipeg now. Um, so, yeah, so the family growing up, I mean, it was, it was for me, I, I wasn't a big school person. I just wanted yeah. to play. I just wanted to play sports. That's all I wanted to do. Um, like I said, I track and field. I was really good at uh, volleyball. I was really good at. I made uh, uh, team Sask. We actually won, uh, won, won that with uh, the team. It was held in Yorkton, a half an hour from my hometown. For what uh, sport, Killer? For what sport was that? Uh, volleyball. For volleyball. Yeah. 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 And then, like I said, we baseball. I, I had an opportunity to. Uh, a tryout with the Pittsburgh Pirates, but uh, I made Team SAS Come on. And, and that summer, so I, so that kind of went out the window. Uh, <laughs> actually, I did have a tryout with the Portland Sea Dogs after we won the Calder Cup in ninety three, ninety four in Portland, Maine. There, well, what so, what level is that? That was. Um, is it double A, triple A, single A? I think I think it was triple A at the time. Triple uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I now I'm, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I know that's awesome. But I know, uh, like I said, some of those guys get called up to the Florida Marlins. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so yeah, baseball. But, I, I mean, hockey was my real passion. Um, like, and you know, baseball, I mean, we won, I don't know how many provincial championships here in Saskatchewan. And um, same as hockey. And, uh, but hockey, I, that's, that, was the, that was my sport. That was the passion I had for it. I think, obviously... You could do both, right? You could be finesse, you could score, you could set up plays, but also you could uh, do the other part of the game, which I probably loved a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Now, so, so your father that you mentioned, he, he sounds like he was, he was, he is like a really hard worker. Like he was grinding it out, like right. That he's he's a hard worker. Would you like a blue collar? Would oh, you say for that? Sure. 100%, yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. So do you think that, that you, you must, you got that from him then? Like, like he must've been a, a key figure in, in this character building for you, killer man. Like, like, it's just like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where this came from. How was this killer development? And, and I think your dad, your dad probably had a big part of that, didn't he? No, for sure. And I, I think, uh, I think was insane that too. I think I got the toughness from mom. I mean, mm. she, uh, you know what she was, uh, I mean, she did. Tough cookie. So much, so much for different people and always uh, doing charity stuff. But uh, she was uh, one tough cookie, man. She, uh, ah. she she went through a lot, but she was, uh, you know what? She never complained at all. Never complained at all. But, uh, but yeah, no, dad, like I said, dad was, uh, you know, he coached. He coached me or my brother. Whatever years he was, like I said, he was a hardworking uh, family guy that, um, you know, that, taught us ball and taught us hockey and and everything else and and obviously i think uh, I, I think you could say I both got both uh, work ethics from mom and dad as well nice buddy um how far did your brother make it like how far did he go did he make it you know, to juniors 
you know what? He actually, so here's a story. There's a kind of cool little story. I don't know if it's for him or not, but he was on the Saskatoon Blades list. Oh, wow. So, and, and there was a scout, Huey Scobie, which he passed away, I think about three years, maybe more now. Mm. Uh, he was a big uh, mentor to me. And, okay. um, so when I turned 14 and like I said, they didn't have the draft back in the dub or whatever you got, you could just get, That's right. right. Yeah. So as, as a 14 year old, you had, you would take two spots. So, oh. so when I, so when they decided to put me on and this, this was the words from, uh, my scout, uh, Huey Scobie he says, okay, you little bastard. He says, we're going to put you on the list. But we're gonna we're gonna put you in pencil because I can erase you just as quick as I put you on. <laughs> you yeah. know, so 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 when I took two spots, obviously I took off my brother as one spot. Oh, okay. So yeah. but then he went on actually he went to Calgary Wranglers camp. Actually he made Calgary Wranglers, but again he uh he didn't have the passion for the for hockey. Yeah. So, so he became yeah. a school teacher and now he's ready to retire. So yeah, well, it's 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 funny how it works, Killer. Like, like obviously, teaching was his calling, right? Like, he right. stuck with it for that long, right? So, no, just like he stuck yeah. with hockey. Now, now that you're coaching, which I can't wait to get into as well. Thank you for sharing that, man. That that's that's a pretty cool story. You're absolutely yeah. right. Now, it's funny that that we're that we're talking about the blades because that's exactly where I wanted to go next. I wanted to talk about your career with the Saskatchewan Blades, right? And and dude, like. You know, I'm a stat guy. So when I was looking at like the hockey DB and stuff and I, and I was looking, you know, the amount of years that you played there. So, yeah, 14, you, you you played, right? 14, 15, you played those seasons with with the Blades. Well, I, I That's played, pretty impressive. Well, I played I only played 5 games when I was 15. I yeah, no, I I, I see. Yeah. From AAA Midget Blazers and then yeah. I played 4 games the next year and then actually I I, I could have I made blades at 16, but I said I wanted to go back and uh, get my schooling. Okay. And also to uh, win the scoring race, because as a 15-year-old in Tripoli, I lost the scoring race by uh, two points. Um, so I so I ended up uh, winning the scoring race, getting MVP of the league as Did well. You? And then, then I played, you know, throughout the three years with the blades after that. Yeah, dude. And let's talk about these three years, Kevin. Like, I, I, I can't get over this. So... Okay, so the first year, over a point per game, 70 points in 67 games, okay? 26 goals, right? But, dude, 325 penalty minutes. Now, I know in junior they're throwing out 10s, but I also know that there's a three-fight rule in major junior. You could fight three times before you're tossed, which is more than pro now, and and it, it, it's it's very interesting how how that works, and it's still to this day, I believe, isn't it? No, it made I, junior, I, or did, I know they made uh, a bunch of fighting change rules. Yeah, no, it's uh, I, I believe it's all it's all changed now. So okay, I, I think it's like one fight, and I think you're done in the game. Yes, and what yeah. they also did is I know in the OHL killer that once you get like to like five fighting majors, then you get suspended or something, right? You know what like, I mean? That, that's in our league too. Okay, so but prior to that, those changes, they were allowing three fights in major junior. Okay, so I know that you put in the work that first year with that three twenty five. I know that you did, and I'm very impressed. But now, 
the second year, I believe this was your draft year, this year, 100 points, 99 points in Major Junior. 100-point so season. 100. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Yeah. But it, it's a 100-point season, though, Killer. Not too many people can say that. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I'm like, man, this guy's a player. He's a player. A very good one at that, right? So, I mean, you almost cracked 40 goals, too, that season made with, with the 38 goals. Now, that was your draft year. Where was your draft? You know what? That was a good question. Um, Do you remember? I believe it was in Montreal, but I didn't go. You didn't go to it. And and, and the reason for that, is it because you weren't rated in the first couple rounds? Because that was the rule that my agent had. Yeah, because I I could only go in the first three rounds. Okay. And I still don't. And I still, I think think Joe Lazita, who I'm sure you know, um, has the Coliseum Chronicles uh, podcast there. I can't, he... I think he told me it, but I forgot again. Uh, the brain doesn't work too good anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I could go in and go only in the first three rounds. So I, my agent uh, Donnie Meehan said, "Well, you, if we didn't have this rule, you would probably go." But he said, "I don't think you're going to go in the first three rounds." So I stayed home back in Saskatoon, and I was playing. Actually, I got, went from baseball to fastball with my billet, and uh, so we were. Uh, we were playing a tournament in Regina and uh, we had drove up. I think we had like 11 o'clock game or something. And uh, we played our game, sat around in the parking lot for a little bit. And, uh, and then we decided to uh, go for lunch and go check into the hotel. And the ra- so big Brian Glenn turns the radio on. And um, now the draft, he said now drafted from the WHL first round, second round, and now from your Saskatoon Blades, 38th overall to the Minnesota North Stars, Kevin Kaminsky. And I, like, kind of, like, shocked, and big Brian Glenn turned over, or he turned around and punched me, and he says, Killer, you just got drafted. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> so that, that's how I found out how I got drafted, so. Wow, man, it's interesting how you're finding out about how you got drafted, the way that you found out about the arena, you know what I mean? Like that that's pretty cool. So did yeah. you end up having like a like a draft party or anything at the house? Like 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 what did the community think of you getting drafted? Well, no, we didn't have a we didn't have a draft party or anything. Um, but uh no, I, I think uh obviously there I think there was a lot of happy people in Churchbridge knowing that uh you know, my buddies and uh and all that, even like I said, I, I, I kinda got along with everybody in town. And, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, even till this day, like my, you know, I got buddies that uh, stay in touch with and my head scout uh, now with the LaRange Ice Wolves is from my hometown. So, you know, all, like, all those guys, e- even though they're a little bit older, I mean, I mean, I was playing senior ball at 14 with those guys. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, they, they, they were all happy and I, I know. And then that said, it just proceeded on to with we'll get into the golf tournament later just that yes everyone everyone was it was it was unbelievable how it still still gets so much support over however many years since i you know retired so now so now it's cool that that you got drafted to minnesota you know a a lot of guys like never even get to play one game with the team they're drafted by because they're traded before they get to the get to the nhl and blah 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 at least you you got to play. It was one game that you played with the North Stars before the trade to the Nordiques, right? Correct. 
Yes. So you get yep. to play the game with the North Stars. You get to you get that feeling of representing Minnesota. Minnesota is a huge hockey city in the United States and at the collegiate levels. And you know what I mean? Like yep. it's a really big deal. So I thought that was really cool that you got to experience that. Now, the Quebec Nordiques, man. The, I I I'd really like to talk about that because I have had a chance to live in Quebec City for a few years. And I know the passion that those people have for hockey, all the outdoor rinks, all that kind of stuff. Now, every year, Quebec would give you a sniff, right? You were up there. You spent enough time up there to get to know every guy in the team. Trust me, you, you had your time there. But, but it wasn't really till Washington that you really got a shot, though, right? Like, they were giving you sniffs. You were terrorizing the other leagues killer, right? And we're going to get into that because it was really when you got to Halifax that you really, I think, really backed up your nickname, the killer, right? Like, dude, the consistency that you did in Halifax, the games that you played almost, you played almost the whole season. You you were having, I think, I think it was a, a point per game killer that, that you were having, man, you got you got 64 points in 79 games. You got 45 points in 63 games. 60, you know what I mean? Like you were almost getting a point per game at that level while absolutely terrorizing the league. You know, you're getting 300 plus penalty minute seasons. Man, like so because of the consistency and because of the productivity that you got there, I wanted to talk about your situation in Halifax. You must have been comfortable where you lived. I know what it's like for a player. When you have all, everything kind of working out for you, you know, the, the significant others beside you, you live in a nice place, you got a good bunch of guys, everything's working out, you play well, you do well in your fights. Look good, feel good, play good. Right, Killer? Oh, correct. Yeah, I know. And I'll just, you know what, actually, so my one game with Minnesota, which I thought was cool, you know, as a kid growing up, you watch Hockey Night in Canada, you either get Montreal or Toronto, right? And, yeah. You know, I just remember watching those games, like you see all those banners and hanging up in the rafters in Montreal. And, and that's where I got to play my very first game, <coughs> you know, in the NHL with the Minnesota North Stars. So it was, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely a thrill, you know. In to, Montreal? Yes. At wow. The old form, at the old Wow. Form, you know? Yeah. So First you know, NHL game. And I was, you know what, it was it was kind of cool because I was in Ken Dryden's home game book and and they kind of featured about hockey in Saskatchewan, the small rinks and all that stuff. And, and then they kind of did the feature on me where I made Minnesota, but is now he's trying to scrap and claw back up to the NHL. And so that was yeah. uh, that was kind of pretty cool too, knowing that play your first game. Uh, you get to see Ken Dryden win all these Stanley Cups, and now he's doing, uh, you know, he's I'm, I'm in his book all of a sudden. So, oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's super cool, man. That's a big treat to be able to see that, right? So, yeah. okay, well, you know, and, and definitely thanks for sharing that. So now let's get right at it, man. What was your situation like in Halifax? You know what? So this is, uh, you know what? It was kind of my first year, so I – I uh, I went to uh, in training camp in Quebec. I went to hit uh, 
Adam Foot, and he seen me at the last second, and we, we kind of we hit hard. So I fractured uh, my sternum. No way. And I popped out, blew up my shoulder. Right. So I I tell you what, I I was in a hotel room by myself, man. The only time I would get out of the bed was go to the bathroom or answer the door for uh, room service. I was. Uh-huh. I tell you what, I sneezed or if I coughed or whatever, man, I was in so much pain. It was that fractured sternum was freaking unbearable. Um, but anyway, so I went for a second opinion in Toronto. I didn't get a didn't, didn't need surgery. So I went back to Saskatoon to let it heal up. And then I got came back to uh, Halifax. And actually, I ended up I was I was uh, I moved in with a few of the guys um, and I was living, I was just sleeping on the couch because I think I only played, you know, it was towards the end of the season. I think I came back February something, yeah. whatever it was, um, middle of, middle of February. But so, yes, yeah, so I was just living on the couch at the time. Um, so that was kind of my first year. And then, I, you know what, I, I think I got called up for one game and they just, they called me in after the game and they said, uh, you know, we're going to send you back down. We don't want to around this atmosphere. And I'm like, I, I think you need me around this atmosphere. I just went out and fought and did whatever, you know. And uh, But anyway, so I went back to Halifax, finished the season off. And then the next year, I think I played seven games in Halifax. And I then I got sent to, uh, they sent, a, I think about seven or eight of us to uh, Fort Wayne. Now, okay, I need to talk to you about Fort Wayne, my friend. <laughs> I saw that year in Fort Wayne. I saw that year in Fort Wayne, killer. So I got to let the listeners know before you tell any stories about Fort Wayne, what you did in Fort Wayne statistically. Okay. Fort Wayne comments in 56 games, ladies and gentlemen, this man not only would average a point every other game with 24 points on the season, but this man had 455 penalty minutes. Now, I'm trying to think of what you must have done. And I'm thinking, like, you must have had at least 30 majors. The game, they, like, you had 35 majors. 45. 45 majors. Okay. Yeah. And 50. You, man, okay, so now you can talk about any stories to do with Fort Wayne, buddy. I just had to, I had to get the listeners to understand how big of a season this was for the killer Kaminsky. Yeah, well, you know what, I wasn't uh, wasn't sure. You know what, you know what was cool about Fort Wayne is that uh, you know Bruce Boudreaux was playing. He was like our Reg Dunlop. He was the player assistant coach, and I think he put up like 116 points that year. Uh, we had John Anderson. Who played no way. Toronto and uh, yeah. Hartford. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was. I tell you what, we had a we had a hell of a team. Obviously, we went to the finals against Peoria. We lost in six games, but. Uh, I tell you what, that was probably, man, one of the most fun, funnest years of hockey. Um, we just had a team that did everything together, and uh, we we won. And uh, we, you know, like I said, we we, we were like uh, everyone was a warrior, man. We we went to uh, war for each other, and but uh, we had a lot of fun doing it too. And uh, it was just, uh, I tell you what, like so. Anyway, and and I tell you, we 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 were we were getting sellout crowds towards the end of the year in playoffs. It was really, and, and the jungle which we came out to, right? Uh, welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. Okay. 
I tell you what, man, that we had that barn rocking. And uh, I think we set, you know, I think that obviously they went on to win, I don't know how many championships. I think they won a year or two later as well. Uh, you guys set the tone, though. You guys we, set that fan base, that support, the yeah. excitement. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, like we had we had everything. Like Lonnie Lokes, I think, was our leading goal scorer. Scotty Gruel, I mean, we just, we had, well, then you had Mike Butters. We had uh, Steve Fletcher, uh, Corrales, and uh, Robin Bawa. Uh, we just had a bunch of guys that, uh, you know what, that could play, but also uh, handle the other situations as well, man. We Like I said, we had everything, and, and we had that place rocking, I'll tell you that. So that's a perfect example then, Killer, of what I was talking about when everything works out. Like, look like look at the product productivity that you had, man. You had you had 25 points in 56 games. So that means that you were you were getting you were on the scoreboard every other game on average while getting 455 with the 45 majors. Like that is like 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 how you were able to get through all that. Like, I know that you got hurt that year, but you weren't injured where you couldn't play. That's a blessing that you got through that. And it seemed like when everything works out, it's you're able to produce a little bit better. That's how it was for me. And it looks yeah. like that's how it was for you. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I remember the one game, you know, I was putting up some good points and uh, Bruce Boudreaux came over to me and he says, Killer, I just want to, you know, let you know. And, and I'll never forget it. He says that... Uh, Man, you're playing some great hockey. You're you're one. You're our best forward right now. So just, you know what, keep doing what you're doing. So I, you know what, like I said, it's uh, sometimes as a, you know, I don't know. I I I'm not. I I was just, I just love to do it. I wasn't a heavyweight or anything like that, but I wasn't going to back down from anybody. I I love that part of the game, and uh, you know what, like I said, sometimes you don't get. Uh, enough recognition when you're putting up those points all people see is the penalty minutes and yeah a lot of people a lot of people to this day just think that that's all i did and no man this is know, no you're you're a hundred point guy in major junior and man you're like the, these numbers like okay the, the one the 92 93 season for halifax okay you 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 were a 30 goal man you had 27 goals 64 points in 79 games. Now, 64 points. That would lead most teams. You know what I mean? Like, when I played in the AHL, you know, the, the leaders, 64 points, 65, 70. Like, sometimes high 50s could lead a team. So you 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 did every role, it seemed. Like, did, did, you, you, did you earn yourself on the power play on most of these teams? I did, yes. Okay, so you're a power play guy. You're you're on the first like and and for men, sixty four points. They you must have been on the top line, killer. No, I was right? never. I was never really? on the top line. Never sixty four. But how would you get sixty four points not being on that first line? Uh, well, just you know, like I said, I, I, you know what, uh, I did play a lot of power play. Yeah. Unit and, uh, um, but you know what, like I said, I just. I didn't complain. I just did whatever, whatever the coaches put me on. I, that's what I did. If they wanted me net front, I'm going to park myself net front. And that's what I did in Portland with the Pirates that one year. I mean, you had Jeff Nelson, Michelle Picard, Michael Boback, 
I mean, you had those guys on a power play. Then we had a second unit where they just got it up to the top and they just, Chris Jensen just threw muffins and I would tip and score and, you know, get, get the rebounds, all that stuff. That's, you know, like I said, I, Portland, I was over a point point a game as well, you know? That's so. right. Yeah, man. You really, you really put the work in in Portland, man. Yeah, man. 35 points in, in 34 games, man. 15 goals. It's so impressive. Like, it's so impressive, killer. Like, we're talking pretty much close to a point per game guy, you know, in pro. When you got the sniff with Quebec, you still put up points. Like, when you were given opportunity, you were on the scoreboard. Even if it was just a seven-game season, you're still putting up four or five points in the NHL. Like, that's pretty cool, right? Like, like you did it. One thing that slipped me when we were talking about the Blades, was the, the, the Memorial Cup runs, right? And I wanted to ask you what it was like in the Mem Cup when, you know, you got to be the toughest guy in the WHL, toughest guy. And you're looking across at the toughest guy in the Ontario Hockey League. You're in the <laughs> Memorial Cup. Was there a lot of nerves before that game, like against Mr. Ty Domi? Yeah, I think there was. I mean, obviously, you heard a lot of stories about uh, how tough Ty was and yeah. all that stuff, you know. And I just, I, I didn't say anything to anybody. I just knew I was going to fight him. That's, that was the bottom line. I mean, you know. Where, what, where was that? Where was that Mem Cup? That was right. That was in Saskatoon. No way. Was, yeah. In Saskatoon. Yeah. Wow. So, so like, like, so like till this day though, like when I still go back to Saskatoon, I mean, obviously I've been here a little bit, you know, for three years now. And, but when I used to come back and after pro, whatever, a, a lot of people, that's all they talked about. And they still do today. They, they always ask me about the Ty Domi fight. Ty Domi know, fight. At, at, at Mem Cup. So it's, uh, you know what? I mean, I, it was a good tilt and, uh. Yeah, we went at her hard. I mean, you can't hurt Ty anyway. So no, I know. It, it, yeah, it's impossible. And like, I know that you were probably asked. You've been asked about that, but but killer. Like, I mean, okay, this is what I'm interested in is is just like the build up to it because I mean, you know how they have the interleague play now in Major Junior. So I mean, my last year in the OHL. I mean, I was 19 years old. I was given that title too. Oh yeah, McMorrow's the toughest guy in the O this year. Man, we had some inner squad games against Quebec teams from the Quebec Major Junior League. And there was a gentleman named Hunter Lahash that was supposed to be the toughest guy in the Quebec League. And we fought. The games were televised because it was interleague play. And I just remember my nerves before that. Man, this is the toughest guy in that league. Ty Domi stories must have been rocking, man, because he made a lot of noise in junior. And you know the type of personality that he has. And it's right. Memorial Cup, playoff time, packed barn. So, Come on, yeah. killer. Yeah, I, well, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, uh, like I said, it was a great tilt. I think I punched from 27 to 14, didn't put a mark. Oh, on yeah. <laughs> you know, but. I, I mean, seen the fight. I seen the fight. Yeah. 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 Um, you guys, yeah. now, now, sorry, go ahead, Killer, go ahead. No, and I, you know what, you know what's the crazy thing is, 2013, Saskatoon hosted it again, right? So I went back for that. Uh, they, they actually, they flew in all the 1989 Memorial Cup team. And so, oh, Ty, wow. so Ty's boy Max was playing with London, right? 
So Back got, still, you know, yeah. Yeah, so it was funny because, so after I think it was the first game, we were at Hudson's, uh, uh, a pub downtown, and I'm standing there talking with my cousin and his girlfriend, and all of a sudden, my old roommate, Dean Holine, comes up to me and says, Killer, look who I found. And it was Ty Domi. Uh-huh. So, so we talked. I mean, we, we hung out, you know, every night uh, that night at Memorial Cup. And you know what? We still talk to this day. We all call him up and chat, see how he's doing. And he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a great dude, man. He's, uh, so it's kind of neat how all that full circle, you know, however many years later, 1989 to 2013 and then now you're hanging with them every night and uh sh- you know shooting the shit and having fun yeah man so so not only did you g- get to see dale and mark hunter but you got to see mr ty domi going to that going to that mem cup stuff eh? exactly yeah man i i and and like i i'm, I'm gonna get into dale a little bit later um Actually, actually, we could we could get into it right now. Like, like I, I know that you you spent obviously a lot of time in Washington, and um, you know that's like I'll be honest with you, man. When I when I think of Killer, like like I was a big fan of yours. That breathe stripe, breathe. Uh, what is it? Breathe right stripe. How yeah. long did you? How long did you use that? Oh gosh, I I don't know. I, I didn't use it very long. I was hoping I could get a. Uh, endorsement endorsement out of it <laughs> I, no I but honestly use... though killer how many how long did you use that honestly like I, I estimation think, I think probably just that year okay so one season well just actually you know what it probably would have been just for i think it was up for like a uh, two months or whatever so probably really for, yeah <laughs> i then wonder I got... why that sticks it with me so much yeah, like, well, I think like there's, that, there's a few pictures out there with the, with it on. So that's what it is. Then it, it, it's yeah. it's all the kind of the advertisement for it, the pictures of it. Yeah, I've seen so many of those. I assume that you wore that for longer in your career. Yeah, no, no, and you know our poster like, uh, has it. It was it was just, this show. It was just yeah, that's right. It was just uh, I think it was when it first came out. Thought I'd try it, and I don't know. Just like you said, I was hoping to get an endorsement and never did. But uh, man, they should have, man. Yeah. That's it. Killer is known for that for that stripe. <laughs> Breathe right. Because Dale, because Dale Hunter was got hurt that year. That's when I got called up to Washington, and I think oh. was, I think I had even that even my time up there with Washington. I think I had five assists in ten games. Yeah. Know? So, so yeah. So the first got, time, the first the, the yeah. first time you played, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah before. exactly. So, so, yeah, so, I mean, uh, but, but Huntsy, I tell you what, Huntsy's a character, man, freaking, I, I love that guy. You know, he's a warrior, and he, he did he did it all, too. You know what? Yeah, he, yeah, yes, he, he did. And, he and the reason why, number, you know. Yeah, for sure. The reason why I wanted to talk to you about Dale is just because Dale doesn't do a lot of media stuff. Dale doesn't do podcasts. His buddies ask him all the time because he knows everybody in hockey, right? And, yeah. you know, they all get mad at him. He just, it's just something – it's not everybody's thing. But I wanted to t- talk about your experience with Dale because, like I said, man, this show is about characters, go-getters, you know, big deals, man. And Dale Hunter, is, is, is he, he must be unique from any player that you've ever played for. Well, I'll tell you what. He's, he was a great leader. You know, he – he spoke up when he needed to, but I think he led by example. I, I know his name got a little tarnished there uh, with with the situation, but 
um, you know what that 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 happens. That's hockey. You wish it wouldn't happen, but yeah, what it's an it's an emotional game. I mean, heat of the moment, heat of the yep. moment. Yep. You know, so, when you got that much passion, sometimes it's going to go overboard, right? Right, right. No, for sure. And you know, it's I think it's happened to to most of us. You know, but <laughs> uh, but Dale, Dale, I tell you what, he worked his ass off, and it was good to follow his lead. You know, and. Also, Craig Berube, who, you know, was my line mate and uh, chief, those, the, the chief man. I, I tell you what, those those two would they would freaking get on the bike, ride the bike before practice. So I, I kind of start I jumped on with them, too. And uh, I can't say I did it all the time, but most of the time I got on there and and just rode hard before practice. And I it just, uh, you know what they you know, you, you can still learn. um to be a pro in different situations, uh, to make yourself better, you know? Yeah. Um, Dale talked about chief all the time, Craig Berube. I, <laughs> I remember that he would tell so many stories. Like, I don't know if, if he would just say it in front of me because that was my role on the London Knights, Right. <clears throat> but he'd be like, chief, this chief, that. And the, like, so that's, that's really cool to, to, to hear these stories, man. Like, like your playing days. Cause I mean, these guys are legends, man, that, that you played uh, with. Right. As are yeah. you, but like I'm just saying, these guys like Ruby Hunter, right? Yep, I tell you what, they're like I said, they're they're warriors, they're characters. They love the game. They do whatever it takes for their teammates. Uh, you know, like I said, it's uh, it, it was so it was so fun to have to you know to play with those guys and then see how they you know what what they did to make themselves better. And obviously, they're both tough as nails and. Uh, uh, just like I said, just full of character, you know. Now, another thing that, you know, I, I was talking to you about the the Breathe Right Stripe, you know, obviously, because I don't know if, if it was when I first started watching the NHL, like as a youngster, but like, you know, Washington Capitals, you know, Kevin Killer, Kamensky, like that, like I just remember all the action. I, I remember thinking that you were a giant killer that you were just this giant man just just dominating i i, I was I, I thought i was a mental giant man. yeah yeah <laughs> but, but but another thing that because i played man i know that there was some teams that you know you look at the schedule killer and you're just like oh man I got to play Kamensky tomorrow. Jesus. You know, like, you know, I got a sore shoulder, man. He's going to want to go for sure. Jeez. You know what I mean? That used to be the mindset. Players don't have to worry about that anymore. You know? Right. It's not right. like that anymore, right? Right. It's not like that anymore. A lot of those those components have left. Like, it, it, usually be, it, it used to be about rivalries. It used to be about what happened the last game. Oh, are they gonna? Are they gonna dress him, him, and him? Are they gonna start their tough guys? <laughs> Do you remember right. games like that, Killer? Oh gosh, yeah. Starting the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What about that year in Fort Wayne? Is there any like starting the game moments in Fort Wayne? Five hundred PIM season. Oh gosh, I. Probably a bunch of them all, all like intertwined, eh? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like I said, I, I think we did start with, you know, me, Bawa, Fletcher, Mike Butters on the point, Tommy Corrales on the point as well. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we're ready to roll. I mean. Bruce could chuck them too, though, right? What's that? Could Bruce chuck them too, Boudreaux? You know what? I 
I don't know if he he might have had one fight, but I I think he could, you know. But like I said, I I, I don't think he had to that year because of yeah, what, uh, oh yeah, what was in the lineup. So yeah, no, I I I'm I'm glad that you brought up Bruce because like you know I had the opportunity to go to this this sports conference, primetime sports and entertainment that's that's put on by Brian Burke and Trevor Whiffin and Patrice Whiffin, and man, I got to meet so many people. I got to meet Berkey got to meet bruce boudreaux he he was he was like a keynote speaker right and i'm getting yeah. introduced to bruce right i was even sitting in his seat when he came to his seat i had to get up because it was his seat right it said bruce boudreaux <laughs> excuse me and then a couple weeks later he gets hired by the vancouver canucks and i'm like yeah. man that's so cool to have been yeah, able I, to meet this man i'll tell you what gabby i tell you what gabby is hilarious you wouldn't think he's a hockey player Back yeah, up, you know, but I tell yeah. you what, that guy had unbelievable hockey IQ and unbelievable passer. And I tell you what, he could, he had a hard shot, but not like heavy, heavy. But I tell you yeah. what, he could, he could pick, pick the corners, man. I, he was, uh, he was fun to watch, you know. I just, yeah, man. Yeah, but Gabby, Gabby makes me make, makes me laugh because. I remember a few times when he come on the bus to get where we're wherever we're going to Indianapolis or somewhere you know two or three hours away, and he must have just got done lunch, and I think his pregame was hot dogs because he had mustard and ketchup still on his tie, and oh my gosh, that was sitting pretty close, like from the coaches, you know, from the first few seats, you know. So I would just sit there and mustard and ketchup on his tie. I would just laugh, and you know what? There's uh, there's our captain, you know. <laughs> Reg, yeah, Reg Dunlop. Reg Dunlop. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Um. So yeah, and and so this playoff run with Fort Wayne. Tell me about that, because that because I was I was looking at that like I was looking at the nineteen games, the hundred and sixty nine penalty minutes in the playoffs, Mister Kamensky. <laughs> Is it a record? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I well, I was like, wait a second, like, 169 is a lot of penalty minutes for an 80-game season, right? I'm like, this man, I, I mean, 20 games, 19 games is a lot of games to play in the playoffs, but you, you're getting league-leading whole season numbers in the playoffs. I thought that was interesting. Did you guys win it that year, or get you guys got to the finals? Got to the finals, yeah. We, uh, we lost... Uh... We lost to Peoria in uh, six games. Actually, I'll tell you another little story. We were down three games to nothing. And uh, we were so we were playing the fourth game in um, in Fort Wayne. And uh, Johnny and John Johnny Anderson had a big calcium deposit on his Charlie, like uh, on his leg. So, yeah. big, so he he hadn't played for like a couple months or whatever. Right. So. He says, screw it, I'm playing this last game. So he plays, he plays with no bucket. And he scores a hat trick in the first two periods, and he couldn't even walk. And we win the game. We go back to Peoria. We win the, make it three to two. Then we come back to Fort Wayne, and I think they beat us. I don't know what it was, five, three or something, or six, three. You know, but I tell you what, that story was, Absolutely phenomenal, and I still, I think I still got it on my Facebook timeline that I posted. No you know? bucket, no bucket, man. Well, he he wore a jopa, you know, during the time, but that that game he didn't wear no bucket. And actually, I've got a picture of me and him 
hugging after uh, he scored one of his goals with no bucket. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just like, you know, again, you just old school. Like, no, no, this is John Anderson, the coach, right? Killer? Well, no, no. Um, Al Sims was the coach. No, 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 no. But John Anderson, that coaches coaches now, like that coached like the yeah. Chicago Wolves and yep, right, yep, yep. yeah, yeah. I was on yep. Chicago Wolves for one season, so he was my okay. coach. I okay. couldn't get yep. in the lineup. I couldn't get in the lineup because you know how they're like the New York Yankees of the AHL. They got all these extra players that are all making a hundred grand. Yeah, uh-huh. so I was like the guy that was on a PTO. But they had me there because I was known as one of the tougher guys in the AHL. So they just wanted to have like me around. But I didn't even, buddy, I didn't even get into. The, I did about twenty warmups, but didn't get into the lineup. And it was Christmas time, so they were offering me another PTO. Um, friggin' uh, the the gentleman that was G, the GM of the Winnipeg Jets. I don't know, I don't Chevy, know why I'm Chevy Dale. Chevy, Chevy was our GM, yeah. and he kept offering me all these PTOs, and I'm just like, I mean, they're paying for my apartment. They're paying me more money than I've ever made in the AHL, but I'm not getting in the lineup killer. And you know how, like, right. when you're a competitor, you want to compete. When you're a player, you need to play. I was making great money, saving even more. Wasn't paying rent. Chevy's like, yeah, we'll sign you to another 25 game. That was when I first went to Quebec. That was when I just decided that I needed a change. But, but yeah, man, I, I, was, I, I was really impressed with some of the stories that, that, you, that you've told me right now. Like, it's absolutely incredible. With Washington, though, now, who did you – what was your living situation with the Caps? Uh, well, when I first got called up the first year, I stayed with uh, Keith Jones. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This guy is hilarious. And, and I'll tell you this story. So, I'm, I'm there about a week, right? So, I, I'm running out of clothes. So, I need to go – I went downstairs to wash clothes. So, I, I go down there, and all I seen was this – pile of blue jeans probably about 40 pairs of 50 pairs of blue jeans and really? so I, after i start my wash i go upstairs i go jonesy i go what's with all the blue jeans down there he goes well once i, I don't know how to wash he goes so once they're dirty i just leave them down there and i go buy new pairs wow well, <laughs> big, big wheel though eh? like that's a big wheel comment there oh my gosh I holy you, you gotta know jonesy though you gotta keep like, that like, He's a big no wheel, though, I can tell. Just, you know, oh, my oh. gosh, it was just hilarious. So I ended up, I, I washed uh, probably about 40, 50 pairs of jeans for him, so. Wow. So you had about wearing a new one every day, about two months' worth. Yes, yeah. He, right? uh, so, so then from there, I got, uh, so the next year, um, I made Washington but they had the lockout. Yeah. Yeah. So I went back and I started uh, with Portland after, cause that was a year we, after we won the Calder cup. Okay. And, yeah. And then, um, so when I got, and that's uh, the over point per game in the AHL over a point per game. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to, to say that again. Right. And while you did over a point per game, you had a 300 penalty minute season in the American Hockey League, 292 penalty minutes. Do you remember the, the, the major total to get that? It must have been at least 25, 30 majors. Probably, probably. Right? Yeah, sure. yeah. And yeah. this was this was in 1994, 1995. So the, 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 the 2004, 2005 lockout, 
was my third year pro. In my opinion, that was the strongest year in the AHL where they had like five or 10 guys from NHL rosters, the best AHL guys. Was it the same situation in 94, 95? Was it the best league in the world that, that year, would you say? Well, you know what? I, I, I would probably think so. I, I know they, they give me the option to either stay up there with Washington, you know, but I just like said, after winning the Calder Cup, I mean, yeah, loved, loved it in Portland. I mean, awesome. Kind of the same thing. Well, I tell you what. We had that place packed at 7,400 people for playoffs. And, uh, wow. you know, it was just, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I for myself too, I, I do, I did, me and Kerry Clark, my roommate, uh, Sharky, we, we did every promo possible. Um, you know, it was just, uh, uh, the, the, the people were fantastic. I still have a lot of good friends out there. And um, it was, uh, it was a, just an awesome city and an awesome uh uh, awesome fan support. Now, I got something to add to that. I, I, I love what I just he- heard there. So you were doing all the promotional and charitable appearances for your team in Portland, correct? Is that what I heard? Well, you know what? Well, especially the first the first year when we when they moved from Baltimore to Portland, right? Okay. So the, so the very first game in Providence, I blew out my knee. Sharky was fighting two guys. He had two guys in his hands and he tore his thumb so he was out so so yeah so once my knee got a little bit better we did we went to every school we did every promo they asked of us and um you know what that's that's just the way i've always been if there's a charity i'll be there you know unless i can't make it but i I will be there now let me ask you this killer so when you're doing these appearances especially the charitable ones don't you find that you met so many important people. You learned so many things. You you gained just really good, like 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 positive experiences out of all that. Like, for sure. I mean, it's uh, you know what? Like, I you get to, you know, and I I still get some nice texts from, let's say, the dentist. You know, I you know did something really nice for his daughter when she was yay big and. And now, you know, she remembers that, uh, yeah. you know, just, and, and the people that you meet, like, uh, the, from the businesses, you know, the business yeah. side of it, like I said, when I bought Barry Trotz's, Barry Trotz started a hockey school in Portland and I bought it off Barry. I mean, all, all the people, you know, that sponsored the team now, they all sponsored my hockey school, you know? So, so it was the Barry was Trotz, the, the, the coach of the Islanders. Yes, that was our coach when we won the Calder Cup. Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, just like I said, Great, the, the more you know, what I to this game, obviously, you know, you you play for championships. You, uh, you know, you played a battle. You you played to put up points and all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, the relationships, not only through the players, but the fans and then the business people that uh come to watch you play i mean they're they're so i'm so thankful for all the relationships that i've made not only here in north america but you know all over the world that oh yeah you know it's absolutely to me that is uh very gratifying with you know just the you know i guess fan base you know i i have my killer hockey clothing line and I mean, I get more people that are older buying it than the younger kids. Okay, so hold on. You know let, let, I mean? Let's talk about this clothing line. 
Yeah. Okay. So uh, Let's you know, talk about this killer. Here's the here's the logo there. This oh wow. Three, you know, and just yeah. Uh, like I said, I I sell. What's the website? What's the website, Killer? Killer-hockey23.com. Killer-hockey-23.com. Uh, Killer-hockey23.com. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay, cool. No, but I also I also want the listeners to know because I know that there's some sporadic listeners that they're going to be all into this episode and then they're going to be, you know, on their phones while they're listening and ordering something, buddy. Well, cool. You know? And, and, and you know what? Like I've, I've teamed up with a buddy who, uh, you know what? I, I knew his brother. Um, he, you know, he committed suicide and it's called Love My Mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I... I donate uh, proceeds with every uh, sale that I make to uh, love my mind, mental health. So uh, that's you know, fantastic. You know, like I said, I, I think, uh, Sheriff, you know, as fighters, I mean, you go through a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, my last concussion, not from a fight, from an elbow. You know, I was uh, I was on medication for over well, probably about two and a half years, and uh, you know, I. I, it was it, it was tough for me for light noise, all that stuff. I couldn't ride, you know, couldn't hardly exercise just because every time I had blood flow, you know, my brain would just about explode. So, you know, it, it means a lot to me. And um, you know, like I said, I'm always here to help people out if they have any questions, and even even if it's just to listen, you know, um, because I I know what they're going through, and uh, it's it's a tough situation, and. Um, but like I said, there's always, uh, there's always a positive, uh, you know, to help someone out and, uh, you know, not only better their life, hopefully, but also to, uh, be grateful for the life that you have as well. Yes, exactly. And I, I couldn't agree with you more killer. And, and I'm, I'm so happy that you said that brother, that that's absolutely fantastic. You know, so I am a big supporter for mental health awareness i try to use the platform on the show as much as i can for that so that's really really cool to hear brother and i'm, I'm really happy that that you do that because it's very very important especially with what's going on right, right now with this pandemic man we're seeing record numbers killer record numbers of domestic abuse suicides all that kind of stuff all the bad stuff has right. elevated right you know, so I, like, like, you, like you just said, yeah, this pandemic, whatever. But I mean, where's the pandemic of the mental health and the suicide? And I know. You oh, know I know. Like yeah. You know what we're worried about? I, I don't know. We're worried about getting more booster shots when we should be helping people with uh, I know. mental health, you know? I couldn't agree with you more, man. I, I, um, I, I think a lot of the things like in this world right now are just absolutely bizarre um, I think we're focusing on the wrong things here. I don't, I don't know, you know, some people talk conspiracies and this and that. I don't know what to think. All I know is that things don't seem to be making sense. And I right. wish that the focus would be more on mental health and, and that. So, so we're, we're definitely on the same page. Now, just to get back into the competitive mindset that that killer Kamensky is is capable of. I want you to get back into that into that mentality because what I want to ask you is is I want to but before I ask you the question, 
I remember playing. Remember, I I got into this about twenty minutes ago, and then I think we started talking about Dale Hunter. So I remember I, I remember playing man and looking at the schedules, and there were certain players that I'd be like, oh man, why does he have? Why do we have to be playing them this weekend, right? <laughs> There were certain guys. Now, Killer, I know that you were that guy for your opponents. I know that you are. I know you were so hard to play against, man. You never, you guys could not get a night off if they were playing against Kaminsky. There is no way possible that they were taking the night off. They, they were definitely getting on the scoreboard, but it wasn't for scoring a goal. You know what I mean? If right. they were playing against you. What I want to ask you is about the bucket. About your helmet, man. <laughs> I want to ask you. Now, I, I, I think it's very interesting. A lot of guys have things that they do. You know what I mean? And you know what? Your helmet's your helmet. You're doing whatever you want to it. It's your helmet. I want to know the story behind the helmet, though. Yeah, it was just... Uh, I, I can't remember where I got it from, but I... <clears throat> was it from a guy you played it with? I, you know what, that's a, that's a good question. I, I can't remember where I seen it or heard about it or, or whatever. Someone told me about it. I, I can't you embraced remember. it. I, I, I got a little scalpel out and uh, carved her up and uh, that was it. You know, never got caught. That's I mean, the killer's like, helmet. Like, like, like you said, there's so many guys who do different things. It's not, yeah. everyone does it to get the edge, right? So, yeah. I mean. Like I know, I, I know Dave. Yeah, like Dave Brown's trainer put like Vaseline all over his arm or something weird like that. So when you would try to grab that left, that that big left that he had, you would just slide right off, and that right. man's going to town on you, right? So got the got the left buggy whip <laughs> going on you. <laughs> that so that's like to me, your helmet's your helmet. You can do whatever you want to your helmet. Chances are it's probably going to come off anyway. Whatever. Right. I think that's a cool trademark that you had, dude. Things yeah, that like Dave Brown and that, you know, sometimes you're like, you know, you know, Razor, I love the guy. He's, I look up to him so much, but I didn't like that Jersey stuff. I didn't like right. it at all, right. but I loved Razor. Yeah. I liked it. I, I, uh, I fought him a few times and I know I, I had him one time, then he slipped out of his Jersey. I probably should have just went down, but I, you know, as a competitor or a fighter, you're like, oh, I still got this. And I, I took a few, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so that's so, nothing, so you you nothing, did to, nothing to grab onto, right? You did have a couple of battles with Razor then because I remember Rick, like, you know, who Rick Jenneret is. This is his last year, Rick Jenneret, the announcer okay. for the Buffalo Sabres. He's a man with a very unique voice. On Rob Ray with another right. And I remember him saying, like, and Kometsky comes back with another right hand. And, like, I just remember, man, killer Kometsky and Rob Ray. What a battle. You know what I mean? Oh, it was sucks. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I, I, I had to ask you about the helmet because, you know, man, okay. And, and this is, man, it's, it's, it's been this long. Let's talk about killer. Who gave you that name? You know what? There's a few guys who, uh, and I, you know what? I So I guess um, I'll start off with one. One of, when I was playing with the Saskatoon Blazers, triple A. Wow. All the way back to junior, eh? All the way back. Well, triple A midget. So oh, uh, a puck was kind of, you know, was trickling into their zone. Their goalie came, came out to play it. 
I was always told to take the body, right? So, <laughs> so just he got there before I did. So he's like getting ready to shoot. So he's vulnerable. He's wide open. So <laughs> I just freaking hammered him. He was Come out on. cold. He had, full out? Full out. out. Oh, yeah. I just hammered him. Uh, and it was clean, a yard sale? Yeah, yard sale. Clean body. <laughs> clean body check, but it was a yard sale. So... Um, I guess uh, Mr. Belosky, who was, uh, um, you know, he helped out with the team. I think he may have, it might have even been part owner or whatever. So he says he started calling me killer after that. Uh, when I was 15, also that same year, I got called up to the Blades to go to Prince Albert. Uh, that's when they had Dave Manson and Baumgartner and all those guys. No um, I, gosh, I, I think it was Dave Manson. I, I fought him at center ice and uh, Kelly Chase or Larry De Palma started calling me killer. So, so I don't know. There's a few, few little stories going around, but I guess you get the gist of it. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Yeah. So, all right. So midget triple a, that, that was the first time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. So you've had that name that whole time. Cause you know that the internet acknowledges that, right? Right. Like they'll have killer in quotation marks, like after your name on some articles and you know what I mean? Like, that's pretty cool that like, yeah. you know, like, I, yeah, like I know like there's, there's certain guys like the sheriff, Scott Parker, the original sheriff, special guest on the sheriff podcast. I had to tell him, man, when people started calling me the sheriff, the first person I thought of was Mr. Scott Parker. I hope he doesn't <laughs> get too upset. We never had to play against each other, but man, he's the original sheriff, right? I have to acknowledge that. He's older than right. me, right? Yeah. So I gave him that respect and, yeah. and he gave me the he gave me the blessing of having the name too. So I thought that was pretty cool. He has Yeah. Fellow Saskatchewan man, uh John Nasty Morasty. Yes. Yeah. He's got it. Like the internet yeah. the internet. But they they acknowledge it. They say also right. known as Nasty Morasty. And yeah. you're another one, brother. Killer Kaminsky's recognized through and through. You should trademark it. Yeah, no, well, like I said, it's uh it's it's like I said, it's been fun. I mean, like I said, all my players pretty much call me well, some call me coach, but most call me killer. Like I said, even the young kids, you know, like so hey killer, how you doing today? You know, well, you know, just uh yeah, I mean it's uh uh, you know, it's, it's, it's part of, uh, part of my history and, uh, you know what it's been with me for many, since I was 15. So, um, it's, it's what I know as well, you know, it's also an honor for you though, as, as well, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty you know, cool. You know, like, like you said, like the, the sheriff, that's a cool nickname, uh, the grim reaper. You know, the I, Grim I mean, Reaper. That's another know, one. That's another one. Like I said, nasty yeah. Marashi, Stu like Grimson. Was, Stu Grimson. Like I said, those. Uh, um, Dave. Uh, what? What did they call? Uh, Dave Manson again. They. Uh, oh. But like, you know, Dave Manson, Bob Probert, guys like that. They had nicknames, but it didn't stick to them. Like how other guys, like like yourself. Killer, the Grim Reaper, or sorry, yourself, Nasty Marasty, the Grim Reaper. You know what I mean? You guys, those names stuck with. So I think that's pretty phenomenal. I also liked how you just brought up the coaching in your players because that's exactly where I want to go into right now. Because, man, I've got some questions for you 
I know that you had a long career in coaching, brother. I, I know that like when I missed you by one year, by the way, I, I, I would like because I started in 0203 with Rochester Americans and I had some great battles with those Cincinnati Mighty Ducks, man. And I know that if you coach, you were gone in like 0102. If you had been coaching the following year, it would have been my 41 fighting majors as a 20 year old. In the AHL, and I know those games where you were behind the bench in Cincinnati would have been really. Yablonski and the boys were all there. Uh, oh you guys had first round Brown. You guys had a couple of guys there. Um, but yeah, man, I want to talk about this team that you're coaching right now first, okay? Because I've I did a little bit of research and I talked to a couple people. No, I talked to a gentleman that was part of the process for bringing the kid from Mexico City. Right? Yeah. I got to talk about this kid. I don't even know how to pronounce his name properly. Can you? Is it Alessandro? Alejandro Apron. Alejandro. Alejandro. And and then that's the first name or last name? Uh, And what's the last name? What's the last name? Apud. A-P-U-D. Apud or Apud. I don't know. Okay. Now, man, I don't think I've heard a story like this before. But what I want, before you get into it, there's a couple things that I want to point out here. I want to point out that this kid is Mexican descent through and through. That this kid, unlike Austin Matthews, is born in Mexico and raised in Mexico. Austin Matthews has Mexican descent. They try to make a thing of it, you know, for him to be the guy. But dude, your guy is the guy. He represents the underdog. He represents the guy that's not supposed to be there, but he's there. I have I have heard some insane stories. One story I heard was this gentleman in training camp or wherever it was <laughs> goes into the opposing dressing room and says, who in this room is going to give me a fighting major? I got to show the coach what I can do. That was the first intermission. No one did nothing. Second intermission goes back to the room and says, did I not ask someone to give me a fighting major or I'm just going to go after someone and grab them? It's your guy's choice. Slams the door, goes back to his room. Is this a true story? It is a true story. He, he, he went before, he went to the other team before, like. Before the game, the inner squad game? Before the game. What like was it? In his street clothes or in his underwear, whatever it was, right? And uh, this we had we had our training camp in uh, Saskatoon, and uh, so yeah, he goes into the to the room and he says, "Meet me at center ice." Whatever he said, I I I need a fight. You know, who's who's gonna fight me tonight? You know, so who's I who's gonna step like, up? Holy shit, this is old school, man. Like this is back in the 1980s. This is Broad Street bully stuff, man. I was just like, okay, cool. So but, did someone yeah. give him one? Yeah, he 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 fought a couple times at uh, that camp. So, so yeah. But he, I heard he really did well in those fights. You know what he did? Like you said, he's. Uh, I tell you what. First of all, this kid is unbelievable. Kid, man, he like he does every. Well, it, it's it's. I shouldn't say. He does every promo he can or any, anything he can, but obviously with the pandemic, it's hard to do stuff, right? Yeah, um, but I tell you what, this kid is first on the ice, and he he's like the last one off, off the ice. Like, and and it's like an hour after practice, he's working on his skating, he's working on his fundamentals, man. 
this kid's work ethic is absolutely insane. You know? Now, and, let me add what I heard about the academic side, though. Let's talk about that. This kid is one of the smartest kids and hardest workers for studying. And I heard he's been, he, he's been, he's got 12 full academic scholarships already to NCAA schools. Is that true? That, that, I mean, yeah, he's got, uh, I don't know how many, the exact many. I mean, uh, my other buddy would know a lot more than me, but, uh, but yeah, he's supposed to be wicked smart. I don't know what I, the SATs, I don't know what it was, 1500 or. Yeah. Uh, 1500. That's really good, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so 1600 is perfect. Right. Right. So, yeah. Right? So I, I tell you what, this, uh, this kid wants to improve. He wants to get better every day. Um, you know what he, you know what he leads by example too, man. He's just uh, he's a workhorse, right? And and an awesome kid to boot. So and he he he's now worked his way into the lineup, and he played the two games before Christmas. Is that yes? yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. I, you know, like I said, it's uh, he he played very well here when we uh, won our game here, and then. Uh, I had an extra forward, so, um, you know, it was, uh, he didn't get as much ice time. Um, but, uh, but like I said, he, he's a kid that, uh, goes out and sacrifices his body and does whatever, uh, he has to do to, you know, to make the team better. And, uh, you know, obviously to stay in the lineup as well. So, yeah. So the town absolutely loves this kid already. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like literally like the town I heard is in love with this kid. Like he's like the poster boy for hope. Like when Obama became president in the States. <laughs> I tell you what, he, uh, yeah. Like I said, we, we had our, had a Jersey auction with one of his jerseys and I tell you what, man, he, uh, it was, uh, I, I, I can't remember what it was. Like it went for, everyone was bidding on it. I can't, you know, it was, it went high. So yeah, I heard you know, that he he did he he got just the the same amount, or it might have been even a little bit more than the veterans or the captains, the captains right. of the team. They, they his numbers were at that level for the captainship. That's what I heard for that yeah, jersey absolutely. auction. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I I just tell you what, he's a great kid to work with. He's low maintenance and he he does a lot of stuff on his own to make himself better. And uh, but like I said, his. His passion and, uh, you know, he loves that side of the game too, but he's, he's got some good skill as well, but he's just, uh, his work ethic, you know, he has the ultimate work ethic and, and it's, uh, obviously it's paying off, you know? So. It's so exciting. It's quite, quite the like, story. Yeah, man. And, and like, it's like, like, you know, like I'm, I'm hearing stories about him bag skating himself at 6am. You know what I mean? That I, I heard that he's got like, a really cool Mexican cooking show every Tuesday. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Come on, man. Yeah. He has his own cooking show. Killer. Got his own cooking show right here in Laurent, Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can see that going on your website, right? Yeah. Well, I think he had, I think he had a session yesterday and freaking well, I mean, it's minus 35 right now out here. I so. can't believe that, man. Yeah, I just ha- I had to unfreeze a pipe after I come back from Christmas. So she is she is bitterly cold. I'll tell you that. How can you go from Mexico City to minus thirty five <laughs> in one calendar year? That's enough to like 
you know, transform well, I, I you. It, that, that's I incredible. I get it from Fresno, California. Fresno. Fresno. <laughs> yes, you did. I, I should have went the other way. I should be ending my career in Fresno, not in Fresno. Not in yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, man. But like, I mean, it, it's got to be really exciting. You guys, you guys have a good record right now, right? And, well, you know, we, it, we've, had some, we've had some ups and downs, but I tell you what, we played some good hockey here the last little bit and we got ourselves back into a playoff spot. And now we're yeah. looking uh, for the, for the, good half of the second season yeah now dude like about four hours ago i saw the breaking news that the world juniors are canceled that you have you heard that today yeah i i I did hear that okay so like what do you think's gonna happen with like with everything else like i don't know about you guys man but we have record numbers over here it's it's worse than it's ever been since the beginning (laughs) right as, right. as hard as that is to understand with everything that we've yeah. done. Right. But, I know. That's right. I know. Yeah, right. And I um, so I'm hoping that the leagues continue. Um, I don't know. Like I'm like as, as a competitor, as a sports guy that's trying to get into the media killer, like it, it's so disappointing for things to get shut down because that means that there needs to be a whole process of reopening and this, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it it's really upsetting and like i like especially for a season like yours right now and you know all the the cinderella stories and everything like i really hope that they see the the seasons through um i know you do being the competitor that you are well i you know what we're so far knock on wood that saskatchewan is still pretty good right as Obviously, far as numbers go as far as numbers go so, okay that's good so I guess we'll see, you know what, and, and now we'll see what numbers after Christmas and New Year's too, right? Yeah. But so so for our protocol, um, all the kids had to test negative uh, before they left. They came to the rink, tested again negative, which everything is good so far. And then we had them in isolation for two days. And then if they test negative tomorrow morning, then we'll start practice. That's cool. So now, who did you guys have a meeting and, and came up with that yourself, or is that like a league mandate thing? Or that was that was just the coaches uh, coaches part. So know? that was the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah. All all of the coaches uh, kind of agreed on that. You know what? Uh, yeah. So I, like I said, everything has been so far so good. Um, yeah. You know what? Like I said, we, and plus with all the bitterly cold and the snow and everything. Yeah. We, went, we, we canceled our games for Friday, Saturday, just because some guys still aren't here yet. They're supposed to be here tonight. So they, then they got to travel. So one practice isn't going to be good enough and then get into play in Friday, Saturday. So, so we're going to give us, we'll book those games later on. In, uh... No hitting and all that. I like Our season this year with injuries has been ridiculous. We've, yeah. had, we've had so many man games lost this year. It's, it's, it's kind of disgusting to tell you and, the truth. And so- and so do you feel that that's a result 
of playing non-physical games and then as soon as you do start playing you get hurt because it's not like yeah i think it's yeah. just you know like you said, no, like, like i taught skill sessions in saskatoon and i'm like this is like this is boring like can yeah. we can we get a like bumpy thing, you know so just like you know what and there was sometimes where in the back rank we got to play a little three on three so the the kids were absolutely pumped, you know, that they get to do a little, some, you know, enjoy their skill work, but also compete and battle as well for, for pucks and all that stuff. So, but yeah. I, I really think, I really think, yeah, with just doing skills and all that stuff that it, uh, it has cost a lot of players, uh, a lot of injury time, just because you now, like, just like in Saskatoon, we had our camp, right. It's like, you're going all out, boom, boom, boom. Like yeah. You're fighting, you're hitting. Yeah. Trying to make a team in three days. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, like we had, we had injuries right from the start of the start of that training camp. We still yeah. haven't had a full a full roster with all the players that we thought were going to be in the lineup. Still got injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, that's a great a great talking point there because. People are probably just wondering why is there so many man games lost this year? It's because, man, if, if you're going to have no contact for this amount of time and then go all out for, like you said, guys trying to make teams in three days, then that's going to take a toll on the body. The body needs to get used to that. The body needs to right. be doing it, you know? And like, and like I, w- I was going to add to your point about, you know, getting to do the three on three. I think three on three down low, killer. Like that, that drill, three on three down low. Randy Cunnyworth was my coach for four years in Rochester. Okay. And that was his that was his favorite go-to towards the end of practice. Okay, we we've got we've done shooting, we 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 worked on this, we worked on that. Let's get in some three on three down low. <laughs> and the guy, guys, no, but the way Cunny ran it, it was like th- there would be an award for the team that would win it the mo- win the most like rounds and you know, and then, you know what I mean? Like, he made it fun. The battle, the competition. Right. Three on three down low. Guys would be like, woo! You know what I mean? Most yeah. teams would be like, oh, man. You know what I mean? But we made right. it We made it a, a battle. And I'm assuming that you try to make your practices like that as well, right? Yeah, we try. The coach like killer? Power play, penalty kill. We try and do competition. And, uh, you know, whoever, what you know, whatever. Whether it's a little skate or... Whoever doesn't, doesn't skate, you know. Um, yeah, just kind of, yeah, you try and make it as competitive as you can in every in every drill, you know. That, now, that's to, what it's all about. Yes. To get back to Alejandro, um, I was, because I forgot to mention this, I was also told that the, the, the player development that you and your assistant coach have been able to pull off with this team it is next to it is like it's it's incredible, especially Alejandro, the way that he's developed. But the other players, and man, I want to talk about Mr. Kennedy as well. What's up with this guy? He he seems he seems to be well. He he had a really good start, of on fire. Has he well, that, has he been like that lately? That was you're talking about Spencer Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's you know what he's he's playing college right now. So is he? But yeah. So you know what was so funny is Spenner came to us my very first year when I was here, mm-hmm. and you know what he was he like he's tough. Like he fought five times. I think he knocked three guys out. 
you know, and, and he, but he kept on wanting to do it, which I totally understand. But I go, Spent, um, I said, You're, it's coming from me. He says, I, I wish I would have listened to my coaches a lot more. I said, everyone knows you're tough. You're six foot four. You're not five foot nine like I was where guys are going to, they'll fight a five foot nine guy. They're not going to fight a six foot four guy. I go, Spinner, you got unbelievable skill. You can, like, he, he's got an unbelievable shot. He was probably one of our best passers, you know. And so that first year, he, uh, like, the last month in playoffs, he was our leading scorer. He just, like, finally it clicked, you know. And we had, yeah. we had our battles on the bench, like the FU battles on the bench. Yeah. Would, I would give it to him, and he would get, oh, FU killer, you know, all that shit. And I just, like, laugh, you know. I'm like, yeah. whatever. Now you're pissed. I mean, I understand. Yeah. But finally, it clicked. And and I, you know what? I got the nicest text from him. Well, he, he so he started off hot, too, again, the second year before we got shut down, right? Yeah. That, then I got a really nice text from him. He says, oh, man, killer. He says, I wish I would have listened to you earlier. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just, you so, so, he, but, so he's playing college now? Yeah, he's playing uh, uh, out in Alberta uh, at Portage College. Right on. So he's yeah, doing so, well. Yeah, he's doing really well. He's doing right really on. Well. So, so yeah. But he, yeah, he's a character man. But I tell you what, there's a kid, you know, that tough as nails, but also he's got some unbelievable skill. And I'm glad he, you know, that the, the light came on and, and he started using it, you know. Are the, um, oh, yeah. Another thing I wanted to ask you, buddy, is, I mean, I mean, you played for the Minnesota North Stars, Quebec Nordiques, and the Washington Capitals. Which alumni is the strongest that you hear from the most? Like, is it Washington because you were there for so long? Or does Minnesota and Quebec have strong alumni as well? You know what? I, you know, I really, I, I kind of follow a Minnesota page on Facebook, but I, I don't, no one really contacts me. Um, Nordiques used to, um, maybe because I've moved around, they've lost my address, you know? Yeah. Uh, but but I, you know what? I've been to uh, obviously a few. Uh, I haven't been in a while, but I've been to a few uh, Caps alumni games I played in, and uh, I, I think I still get an email from them. So probably, yeah, probably Washington. So nice. Now I wanted to also ask you about Le Colisee. I don't know. Was it called Le Pepsi Colisee? The the Colisee Pepsi when you played, or was it just Colisee? I think just the Colisee. Okay. Yeah. And and so like like that, I've heard a couple stories about playing that arena. Obviously, there's the the famous Quebec City Pee Wee tournament, where where the Pee Wee International tournament that you ever you know a 13 year old kid gets the opportunity to play in Le Colisee, like like Mister McMorrow did here. But like, what was it like playing like and and those were packed games. I don't know how they got that interest, but they're packing the games for 13 year old kids to play in Quebec right. City. Right now, is that is that so? Is that still called the SO Cup? The the what the Pee Wee tournament? Yeah. Um, when I played in '96, it was the Quebec International Pee Wee tournament. Okay. Right, and and so it's the big tournament in, in Quebec City, uh, uh, for the Pee Wee age group, obviously. Okay. But All maybe right. they've changed it recently. Yeah. Oh, so, you know what? I, you know what? We played in Montreal when I made Team Saskatchewan. And oh, actually, we played against uh, the uh, Turgeon, 
that went first overall. Pierre. So, yeah. Yeah. Pierre, the Buffalo. Yeah. So, yeah. The Buffalo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so, but yeah, but no, no, but, but as a but, Nordique though, what was that like playing in the Coliseum? I tell you what, it was awesome. You know what? I, Sheriff, I, I loved it everywhere I played. I, I, I didn't care. I just, it was game of hockey that I grew up on and I loved it and I made the best of it everywhere I played. But I'll tell you what, the Quebecians are, they love their hockey, man. They're freaking, they're it's different though. Eh? You know, what's that? It's different than anywhere else. It is. It's they. I tell you what. It's it, they. 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 They're crazy about hockey. You know. And, but but the reason why I'm I'm touching up on that so much, Killer, is because Quebec is the part of Canada that I believe loves the combat sports the most. Right? There's boxing yeah. galas all the time in Montreal, Quebec City. George GSP, George St. Pierre, he's an absolute god in that province, right? And then you got the tough guys that have played for the Nordiques, played for the Habs. They are just novelties in Quebec. They love their toughness in Quebec. Killer Kaminsky playing for the Quebec Nordiques, I'm assuming they liked you in Quebec City, in the Capitale. They did. I mean, you know, it was... for my short period of time, you know, you'd go out for dinner or whatever, and you'd always get, you know, hey, Mr. Kaminsky, how are you, you know? So Did you yeah. go to Old Quebec a lot? Did you guys, like... Fair amount, yeah. Like, where were you guys hanging out, man? Uh, well, I what guess... What hotel did you the, stay at when you played there? The, Sorry. You know what? I was... I stayed with Curtis Lecician a little bit, but I was... No way. Whenever I got called up, I was mostly in the hotel. Yeah, and and, and and do you remember which hotel that was? Because I lived in the city. That was, you know what, it wasn't, uh, it was a ways from, it was a ways from. A ways from the Coliseum. Yeah, I, it was like a little, it was like a, it was all fenced in. It was like a farmyard, actually. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It did, I can't that, remember that, what man. it was called, but, I mean, obviously, the Dago Bear was a good place, right? Yeah, of course. Of course, man. That's like the top the top place to go to in Quebec, man. Man, that's such a such an experience. Like people need to like man, if anybody ever wants to go on vacation in the winter time where it's not tropical and they just want to go and they want to go, you know, tobogganing, but the remember remember the tubing killer there's the tubing and all the different for the carnival and man that was that's some fun stuff man to bring your family and go on vacation and have fun in the snow oh that that carnival is crazy how big it is i can't remember what it's called i don't know but it was uh benum was like the the snowman was like the the logo of it right yeah right yeah benum and then it was just like a just a wild carnival festival in the winter man where yeah, people just, just wanted to have a good time right oh gosh yeah for sure and i tell you <laughs> what i know at the lake Coliseum, though they had the best shane shows ever the best shane shows hot dogs oh man oh, yeah oh yeah the bread the bread they oh would, man they would did you become on. a fan of the putsin poutine oh gosh yeah putsin that was that was after the Dago Bear. <laughs> after the Dago Bear, you have the big thing of puts in, man. I know. Yeah, buddy. Trust me. You guys yeah. had some tough teams in Quebec too, eh? Who were some of the guys that you played with on that Nordique team? 
Well, you like had the tough there, guys. Tony Twist. Like Twister. So he was there at the same time. Twister, yeah. Who else, man? We had. Herb was uh, sorry, say that again, Killer. Herb Raglan was there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah buddy. He was a freaking pit bull, man. So um, how how many? So you you spent some time with with Mister Twist. Well, I played with Twister in Saskatoon too. He was wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! He was on the blades with you. Oh shit! We had. Come on, Kelly Chase, Tony Twist, Big Brian Glenn, um, Corey Kosher, not Joey Corey. Uh, was he tougher than Joey? No one's tougher than Joey. <laughs> I know. That's what I was Cor- gonna say. Cor- Corey was Corey. Corey kind of. You had to egg him on, but I tell you what, when he fought, man, he was freaking tough. He was tough. But I, you know, he was a first rounder to Detroit. So okay, so yeah. so he wasn't he wasn't chucking him from his ankles like his brother. No, no, he wasn't. He was he was more of a, you know, he was a goal scorer, playmaker. He put up yeah, points, so. yeah, different role, different role, yeah. same last name, different role. <laughs> yeah, we had we had tough teams in Saskatoon. I'll tell you that. So oh, I can't get over that. Like that, like that's like a that's a really super tough NHL team. And then you're going to bring all those guys and have them on the same junior team? Well, then, then That's like, very I, scary. I think PA, PA had Kimball and Simpson and, God, who else? You know, Gord Krupke, I mean. Uh, Prince Albert, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Raiders, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Richard Pilon, I mean, yeah, the list goes on and on. It was, it was a war, I'll tell you. The freaking WHL, man. You guys are best represented for toughness in the NHL, that's for sure. Right? Like us Ontario boys, we try to we try to do what we can do, but we just can't talk to the WHL. Well, Those farm I, boys, no way. We're boys, not getting, yeah, we're not getting as tough as farm boys. <laughs> well, they uh you know what I, I like I said, I think from you know Saskatchewan being on the farm, you know, I I would go to the farm, my grandma grandpa's farm and oh yeah fields and pick rocks and all that stuff. But I mean really? I tell you what, I, I mean, just I, I think it was just from the from the old times growing up that you worked. If you didn't work, you didn't survive. You know, like yeah. you're you were disciplined pretty damn good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So and and it's just but the other thing is though, killers. I I just find that you know like like there is farming in Ontario, of course. Yeah. And I have cousins that 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 have got into dairy farms and all that kind of stuff, but like. I mean, it's 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 hard work, man. I mean, it's hard work. There's there's labor involved. It's it, it's it's honest day's work, and and that's missing from a lot of the the gigs today. So when when a boy is exposed to that at a young age, you know, working on daddy's farm, grandpa's farm, you know what I mean? Like like I like I think that instills some some pretty good character, and and I think that's why. You know, there, there's more more tough guys came from the WHL than the OHL in the queue because of that culture of, of hard work and, and, and honest honest work. Turned well, it could the tough be. Guys. I mean, you know, like I said, it's minus, well, I'll go to grandma and grandpa's, it's minus 35. You got to <laughs> you gotta go outside or go to the bathroom. You got to use the outhouse. Oh, yeah, that's they never, right. They never had no plumbing, you know. They, if they, grandma, grandma would go grab a chicken Chop the head off, and there's supper. You know, we're we're you know we're milking cows. I mean, they have some machines, but you're milking some cows. Now you're separating the cream from uh, from the milk, and then you're making yeah. butter on your own. I mean, everything was from scratch, man. 
Wow. You know, and it was, you, spent, you spent a lot of time there? You know what? We would go on the weekends and, you know, say the cousins lived uh, just, you know, just down the road too. So, I mean, we were same age as the cousins. So, yeah, we would go. Like I said, we'd get up early, go pick rocks and uh, stack bales or, you know, hay and all that stuff. Like, oh, gosh, yeah, it was, you know what? It was, uh, it was, well, I mean, we didn't know any better. It was, it was fun. I mean, that's what it's what we did you know yeah oh killer man i i and, and the thing is is it's is, is like the guys the the, the guests that that i kind of like and when i say this like i admire all my guests right but i mean i tried to to do you know to to be an nhl hockey player i got a small sniff i i had to do the role in order to play at those highest levels we all wish that we could be for i always tell people like like i love sticking up for my teammates I love the battle killer, which I'm sure you do too. Like, I'm sure you love that battle. Like that you, you, we release endorphins, bro. Like the build up, the battle, then the out, the outfall. Like it's all part of it, man. And, and I lived for it. I know you did. There's no way that you didn't with these type of numbers. Well, you know what? I'll tell you this. And I had my, my line mate, Jack Bocas, who passed away, I think about three years ago. Um, he was my line mate in Saskatoon and he was, you know, he, I think he had a hundred points that year. I had 99. I missed, I don't know. I, I only played 52 games, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> but I can't he believe was, that. He, man. he was, he was in LA when I was in, or he's, he was in LA for a long time. He was working with uh, the junior Kings program, uh, coach in there. And, um, so when I was in Fresno, we would, you know, I would go up and visit him and we'd, you know, we'd get talk and he ran a, he ran a camp that I would go to, it's called the Cali camp. And you get a lot of kids that are going to turn junior. So I would go up to that and we would, you know, after the camp, we'd sit around, watch hockey. His brother would be there and we'd get talking about the blades and he goes, killer. He, <clears throat> he says, you know what? He says, if you wouldn't have did all your fighting and all that stuff, you would have just had as many points as Joe Sackett used to have. You know, which, you know, I, like I said, I guess now that I'm 52 and the way my body is, it's, it's a mess. My shoulders, my knees, my back, my hips, you know, everything is, I guess, tough to get out of bed sometimes. And it's just like, you know, I, I maybe sometimes wish I didn't like that part of the game so much when you're fighting, you know, you're fighting Francois LaRue or, you're fighting Bob Probert or whoever it is, right? Like, like that it, it takes its toll on its body. I mean, yeah. but, I, but you know what? I mean, like I said, um, if I would have maybe played the other way, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't even have made it, you know, because to, to get into a top six role is freaking, you got to be an elite player, you know? Yes. So, so I guess I had, you know, had enough skill on that side of it. Uh, you know, when my when you made the NHL, my role changed a little bit. Obviously, you only get, depending on the game, you get two or three shifts a period. Yeah. If it's yeah. a close game in the third, if it's a two-one or three-two game, well, you ain't gonna see the ice, right? So. Exactly. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna shorten the bench. Exactly. You know, so that, Which you have to do as well as a coach. Right. Right. No. For right. Sure. And that's. Yeah. I think you know I, I was talking with Dad the other day when I was home, and I just like. A lot of kids today don't have that mental toughness, right? Where they think they should automatically get it. You know what? And I understood if it's a three-two game, I probably ain't gonna be playing the rest of the period. Oh yeah. You know what? And 
I was fine with it. I, I got my shifts in early. I didn't get scored on. I tried to create some havoc with a big hit or, or a fight and, and, you know, do that kind of stuff, you know. And I, I remember the one game we were in Florida playing the Panthers. And uh, we were down four, four to one. And obviously, you, you want to win in Florida because you want to go out, right? Like, it's beautiful out. You want to golf, want to golf the next day and, and all that stuff. So, I, I, re, I remember um, we were down four to one, and I went and fought Paul Loss. Oh, it was man. Hell, it was a hell of a fight. I mean, you know what? Uh, that, that, that game, it worked. We came back. We won 5-4 in overtime. And nice. I remember my, my roommate, Pat Peak. You know, I think he got the game-winning goal, and he had another goal. And he said, uh, I didn't win this game. Uh, you know, Killer killer won this game for us. We you know what? We had no life. We down four to one. He went out and fought their toughest guy and and uh, give us life, and we came back and won it. So, you know, to me, that's a praise that, you know what, like that means a lot to me. You know, you don't get much ice time. You go out and you, you get the tables turned, and your team responds, and, to me, that's what it's that's what it's all about, right? Like some games, you they they need that spark, and uh, to me, that's like you said, I was I guess fortunate to have that mental side of the toughness where I know I'm only gonna get some short, you know, two or three shifts a period, so I got to go make things happen, you know what? Yeah. And I and I'm you know what I, I'm pumped to be in the NHL. I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm not. I know my role, and I'm going to go do it day in and day out. And 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 the reason why I appreciate that so much, Killer, and and the like. Okay, so I, I you know Mike Commodore, right? He's kind of a a big personality on Twitter, and you know I had I had Mike as a special guest on the show, and the time that he wasn't talking about you know how much how much of a, of an a hole Babcock is, right? He, I was telling him because we we fought each other when I when we were in the AHL. He was in Cincinnati, okay? okay. And I knew that I was only going to get two or three shifts. And the only thing on my mind, Commodore, I looked at the other, I looked at the stat pack. Commodore is the biggest guy. He's got the most pims. First round, Brown wasn't in the lineup. Yablonski wasn't there till the next year. And I was like, I got to go after Commodore. I'm probably going to get maybe two in the first, one in the second. So I got to do it like now. I got to try. If he's out there, I'm going to just say, let's go, let's go, let's go. Right? So I appreciate what you just said, man, because that is – people don't realize that. That when we played, sometimes there was a – well, I mean, you're a different – you're a little bit of a different story, my friend, getting almost – getting like a point per game in the American League. But you're talking about the NHL time when you knew that your time was going to be limited, right? That's what, that's what you're referring to? And yeah. that's what I – yeah. You know, yeah. but, and, and like, so even in the AHL or IHL, right? Like, I mean, I want to put up my points, but like I said, I frick, I'm, 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 I'm fighting. Like, I don't care who it is. I'm going to go yeah. find it. And, yeah. And then if you beat me up, well, I'm coming to find you again until I win. That's my mentality that I had. Like I, I hate it to lose at anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whether it's freaking just, fun street hockey game i'd freaking get pissed if we lost you know whether it's freaking cards i'm like pissed i mean whatever like i wanted i wanted to win at everything and yeah like i said in, in hockey like i said i was so passionate um my life freaking 
it was my life. And, and, and to, like I said, to lose a fight, as soon as we're coming out of the felony box, we're effing going again. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm going until I win. Yeah, you know, that, I love it, man. That's my mentality. Like, I'm only 5'9", but I don't give a shit. I'm coming at you, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm going to get you one way or the other, <laughs> you know? So you better keep your head up, you know? You're either going to force them to fight by running everything in sight, or you're, or you're just going to go after their best <clears throat> player. There you go. Right? Start cross-checking them. Well, your tough guy's not doing anything, so yeah. I'm going to keep... I'm going to keep doing this until someone stops me. Right. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to abuse yeah. you every shift right. until that guy comes off. And you'll be saying it so dude can hear it. Right? Oh, oh exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I, 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 think, I, I think a lot of, well, someone, was it Thornton who uh, mentioned, well, I think we had some good battles there in Cape Britain when I was in Halifax. Like I, like I said, it was like a, I don't know, I guess an energized bunny, man. I'm, I'm I'm gonna score goals. I'm gonna make plays, and I'm gonna hit. And I'm gonna fight. That's you're gonna, you're talking about Scott Thornton? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, you man. Know, he, he's like, a he's a big he's fan a, of yours. He's a big tough dude, man. He he played the game hard. You know what? He was you know he he got his points and all that stuff too. I mean, those are the battles that you look back at now. Like there's a guy I kind of forgot. Right? It's been I don't know how many years, thirty some odd years or whatever. I mean, he was. He was a competitor too, you know. Yeah, buddy, one hundred percent. But I'm gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you feel that? Now, do you feel that it's it's possible to transfer this competitive passion to the boys that you're coaching now? Is it is it difficult to do it as a player, as such as you, a guy that played so long? Now you're coaching, trying to get them to understand. That if, if the mentality is the same as Fort Wayne, that you guys could win everything, man. It is. is it hard? Like, like I said, I, I think these last five games that we won in a row, they it's something clicked. It's just like we've been telling them, like, you know, freaking whatever it takes, freaking balls on the line, sacrifice your body, you know. And like I said, we, we're a hell of a team, like, when we, when we, like I said, we've been, we can be here against the good teams. We beat all the good teams or we can be here. You know what? It's just like, we need a steady climb. And that's what we had the last five games. And every, everyone was, everyone bought in. And that's what you try and do. You want to get everyone on the same page. If you got one guy off that page, it ain't going to work. You need everyone yeah. on that same page. And the guys are, you know, the exit. The execution has gotten so much better. I mean, we're D zone coverage has gotten so much better. Our special teams have gotten so much better in the last five games. And, uh, you know, just like I said, we've, we're, you know, when you look at our goal difference, I mean, compared to the last five games and that compared to before it's night and day, you know, and I, like I said, I want every, you know, you got guys who have the offensive instincts that cheat a little bit, but that's fine. You know what I mean? But I always yeah. say just don't get scored on. You know what? Yeah. Take care of your own zone first, man. Be a good 200-foot player. But you know what? Those guys, you got to give a little leeway, right? I mean, they they know when they can roll, you know? like Yeah. Oh, yeah. You and, know, and, 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 and you know that by playing with – I mean, you play with guys like Peter Bondra and 
Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 you know, that there's certain players that have kind of a pass, like, because well, they you, can, they can do special things, right? right. So you got to no, let them, sure. you know, yeah. Peter, Peter, all, all you got to do, you know what, Pavanka, you know, he would just let, throw in some passes in behind their D and frick the way Peter skates, he's gone. Bonsai's gone now. You know what? He's, he's winning that race to that puck. That's just, in that was his name. D. Bonsai, yeah. Bonsai. Bonsai, yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you said that? Oh, gosh, it's been a while. Probably, probably <laughs> since I've seen him at the, the alumni game. Oh, yeah? Great yeah. guy or what? He's, a, he's an awesome dude. Peter awesome. Bondra. Yeah. Wow. I tell wow. you what, he, that guy can pick corners, man. I've never seen so many goals off the post and in, man. Frick, he, yeah. He could shoot. He could shoot, and I tell you what, I, I'll tell you what, this story, I remember I got put on their line, right? I got put on Pavanka and Bonder's line for the weekend, and I tell you what, we lost both games, whatever, and we got bag-skated. Oh, I, no. I, oh, my gosh. These guys are like... You with so, them? Those, those, yeah. Like, so we're doing <laughs> all these lines. We're getting bag-skated, man, and I'm like, I'm... Peter and Pavanka are like unbelievable elite skaters, like so smooth. Like it's like, and yeah. here's me, here's me in quicksand trying to keep up with these guys, man. <laughs> what, what a bad time to be on their line. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man. Wow. How, um, what were you like, did you find some like inner joy seeing the caps win the cup recently, just cause you were part of that organization for so long? I, I did. It was it was absolutely phenomenal. Now, I don't know if I was happier them for them beating Pittsburgh or them winning the cup because ah. all my time that I was there, we lost out to the Penguins. Penguins. Well, Super we Mario had, was had, there, right? Them, and Yager? We had, down, we had them down three games to one, too. No way. So they're yeah. one of those four teams that have come back from a 3-1 deficit. And yeah. Montreal was one of those other teams last season against oh, Toronto. <laughs> man. Yeah, I thought finally we were going to win. But I thought, well, <clears throat> you know what's cool? Because, well, Barry Trotz, who coached us in Portland when we won the Calder Cup, he was coaching there. So I was so pumped for Barry to uh, oh yeah, to, have, to yeah. see him, you know, hoist that Stanley Cup. And then, you know, like I said, a lot of the trainers um, that were there got to see them hoist the Cup too. And so, yeah, yeah. it was pretty cool. And you know what? I'm... I'm a big fan of Ovechkin's and Batch. Yeah. Yeah. Ovi plays, you know, Trotsy got him to play 200 feet, but Ovi's a machine, man. He plays the right way, doesn't he? Oh, fuck. I tell you what, he can, he fucking hits like a truck. And, And, you know, but his shot is phenomenal. Just to add to the hitting, I saw this stat where it was the top, like, five goal scorers in the past, like, like five years or whatever. So, you know, you got Ovechkin, Crosby's on the list, like all these other guys, elite goal scorers. But the, so they had the goal amount and then the hit amount for the season. Ovechkin has, like, five times the amount of hits than all the other players put together. Put together. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, he, he I, I tell brings- you what, like, when he hits, man, he freaking like he hits the earth. Yeah, he wants all the smoke, buddy. He he's, yeah. he wants it. He's a competitor, eh? Wow. Obviously, yeah, and obviously, he can chuck him too with his 
with that fight from Carolina, Saveshnikov or whatever his name. Yeah, is. yeah. <laughs> See you later. Done. Got, <laughs> he wants the belt too. <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, he's. The, what does he say? Like, I, I follow him too. The Russian machine never gets tired. Right. Right. Stuff right. like that. Uh, the yeah. Russian machine never stops. Oh, right. God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I follow him too. So. Yeah, I know. I was I was very happy to see Ovi win the cup. I'm a big Alex Ovechkin fan as well. Um, I love how he plays the game. I mean, he's just he's got. He, I mean, I just wish that he was more the poster boy for the NHL than other guys because I really like Ovechkin's character, his drive, his passion. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they want other guys to be poster boys that don't have those type of things, right? So, yeah, man, I, I was glad he won the Cup. And then he could say that he's a Stanley Cup champion, right? Like, the guy's going to beat Gretzky's record, too, man. I, I think he will. He's going to beat it. How many yeah. seasons? And he's still playing at an elite, elite level, man. Right, right. Right? Yeah, he's I like know. LeBron James. Like, yeah, he's old, but he's still top of the league. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So what do you say? Like, what do you say to a guy like that? He's gonna play, but but um, killer. I know, like, man, I, I'm such a big fan. So I know I've been a little bit selfish with the time. Yeah, I I know you've stayed way longer than we at first had talked oh. about. And dude, I, I just I had so much fun in this episode. Before we go, I just wanted to talk about your clothing line one more time. Do you think you can hold that up? Can you tell people that live in the surrounding area? where the arena is, how you get to see some of your team play. I, I got to plug all your things right now. So right now we're looking at, if you could just hold it up one more time. So right now, because we do have the YouTube channel, we're holding up the Killer Hockey Clothing Line. Killer Hockey Clothing Line. And let's say the website one more time for them, Killer. Killer-Hockey23.com Yes. So and, if and you... Like said, and I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link to uh, Love My Mind too, the mental health. Yes, I really uh, appreciate that. For the for the donations that I, I, I send to. Um, so, yeah, any, like I said, try and help any, uh, not only kids, people uh, as well that are going through, going through hard times, you know? Um, yes, and, and it's so important, especially right now, brother. Um, quick plug on the golf tournament. When, when is it this year? Well, it'll probably be, we usually have it uh, August long weekend. Now... Okay. We haven't had it in a few years because of the because of this pandemic, problem. COVID. I hate to say the word COVID, but <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just um, yeah, we haven't had it in a few years. But I, I, you know what? I'll tell you one. My my biggest. So it's only a nine hole course in Churchbridge. I I flew in the Hanson brothers when I was with Washington. No way! Like the the, the they the all Hansen came. Huh? They all came. They yes. all three of them. Yeah, I tell wow. you what. So it was a two-day tournament, Saturday, Sunday. We had 251 golfers on a nine-hole course. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a freaking mess, man. It was what a time that was. It was freaking. I tell you what, the fifth hole, we had a little bar at the fifth hole, and we had music blaring. That's where like people like that's where everyone just partied for the longest time. Like, oh, you go ahead, you guys can you guys can tee off next. We're good. You know, and then it was just yeah, they they were, you know, it was so funny because when they came, they went upstairs to the hotel, right? They they had rooms upstairs, and the stairs are like straight up. Then you got to go through a little 
hole, right, to get up to the top where the rooms are. And so I think it was Steve went up first, and he looked back underneath down the hole. He said, boys, this one's going to be for the books right here. And, I, oh, my gosh, everyone started laughing. And then so I go to pick them up, whatever, to come over to mom and dad's place for pierogies and that. Well, you can't even tell them apart. They've got, you know, everyone has a mullet back in Churchbridge, right? So they just fit right in at the, the, the bars called The Bar back then and uh, really like oh my gosh they fit right in you couldn't even tell them apart wow buddy yeah i was that 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 golf tournament i mean still people still talk about it you know so yeah so so hopefully things can settle down a bit and we can have our killer charity golf tournament yeah because you know what my main goal too is to uh i'd like to get to uh a half a million that i raised for the community so Wow. That's my goal. I mean, you know what? We did, we did raise the money with, we played the two neutral site games. I think they raised 18,000 the first year. And then I think it was 6,000 this year. So, so yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it's uh, the, the community is, I can't say enough about the community, the support they give me for my golf tournament and uh, the games that we, the two games that we played there so far, um, just an awesome just awesome people that, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't think I would have this, this much support after being, you know, not playing since 2000, you know, so. Yeah, but dude, I mean, what you have to understand is that you represent a player that doesn't exist anymore, okay? A guy that that is known for his toughness, but could also put up a point per game at the pro level. And dude, like, it's, you, you're, it's, it's very unique what you did, Killer. And I think that people appreciate that now because hockey's not played the same way anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like those guys that, that were, that played in your prime, I think that we appreciate that more. And you're at the top of the list, buddy. So, I mean, buddy, Wikipedia, Wikipedia says about you, you're the most prominent tough guy of the 1990s. So a guy that can hold that title People are going to appreciate you. I appreciate you. I want to thank you for the way that you played. I want to thank you for the fact that you're coaching now and that you're instilling this passion and this and this sportsmanship in your players right now. And I just want to thank you for being you, Killer. I've always been a fan, buddy. I really appreciate you coming on. I know the listeners have been really looking forward to this. As soon as we announced it, we got a lot of attention. You, a lot of people love you. You got a lot of supporters out there, my man. Well, thank you, Sheriff. I appreciate that. I really no problem, that. buddy. Now, last yeah. thing here. I gotta I gotta ask you about this sleeve. I've been staring at it the whole time. What do you got going on in your arm here, man? What's uh, going on? It looks really cool. Yeah, I got uh I was uh, when I was coaching in Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, I decided to go with the three NHL teams. So obviously I got Minnesota. Oh wow. Okay. And I, then I got the uh, caps. Oh man! And I got uh, well. Then I got the other the the eagle the other eagle the caps logo. Yeah. All the way Look around. Look at that. And then I got what? Les Nordiques. Les Nordiques. Oh. And I've got, who did uh, that? I've got, uh, I've got the who number in that? the cap in the Capitol building. Oh man, that is really cool. Eight 
years ago now. <laughs> Whoa, bro. Yeah, man. years ago. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't get over that, man. Yeah, like I just was... what it was is it was the because you had your arm like this, so I could see the North Star sign, but okay. I didn't know it was the North Star sign. I just knew it looked really cool and I had to ask you about it. Sure glad I yeah. did. That's yeah, fantastic, no, man. He did a really good piece on it. So uh, Yeah. I love and I love cat you I want to get more, but what's that? Can you hold up that shirt that you're wearing to show the logo of your current team? You bet. You bet. Yeah. The head coach of the Larong. Now how do you yeah. Now how do you pronounce Larong? Am I saying it right? Larong. LaRange. Yeah. Just sounds like a tough place to play in. And and look oh. at that logo, man. It's that got is. some and then of course the same logo is the picture in the background, right? The wolf yeah. and the hockey stick. Yeah. And and man, I I, have, I I don't know why. I'm just loving the things that I'm looking at right now. Do you know the creator of that logo? I don't. I don't. Okay, well, you yeah. know, if if Killer Kaminsky will agree to a part 2, that is one of the things that that I want to know when when we do this. Are are you are you interested in something like that, Killer? I know I'm putting on the spot. Be, I would love to be back on your show, Sheriff. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it, buddy. Okay, yeah. man. I, I I'm I'm just being a fan right now, asking you all these questions. I know the listeners want to hear it too, but I know it's probably a little bit annoying because there's a big fan in me too, Killer. <laughs> uh, this is hey, this is a blast, man. I I enjoy. Uh, you know your time and uh, and what what you podcast guys do. I mean to keep that history and and that part of the game. You know still to let the fans be aware of that. You know, like, yeah. Like I said, yes. that, you know now that we're getting older. Like so, the guys that watch me. I mean, you know they're they're there, but they're a lot older and they're starting to you know tail off. And, exactly. I I believe. The, the era needs to be celebrated, Killer. I believe, you know what I mean, that, that I mean, although we've learned more things, concussions, all this kind of stuff, like, you know, we've learned about all that stuff. I just wish that the NHL, like, I wish they went a, 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 a way different than the way that they did. I wish that players like you were protected more, Killer. I wish that instead of just leaving them out to the wolves, just because they're the toughest guys and we're going to invite this guy and this guy and this guy to training camp and we're going to let them fight it out in training camp and then the top two guys we're going to keep and, and we're just going to let them fight and deal with their injuries and because we know they're tough. That's the way it was, Killer. There wasn't, there wasn't anyone there to overlook the guys that did that role. There wasn't. And I'm, just, I'm going to do this very quickly because this is the most prominent tough guy of the 1990s that I have right now. So just real quickly... Now, I believe – now, you know playing at all the highest levels in hockey, all the different coaches there are, especially in the NHL and AHL level, okay? You got the head coach. You got all the associate coaches, assistant coaches. Then you got the power play guys, the special teams. Some, some teams definitely have a power skating coach. A lot of the teams will have a face-off coach, 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 goalie coach, all this. Well, there was two tough guys on most rosters – in the 90s and the 2000s, okay, sometimes three, that were the fan favorites that sold the most tickets, were most likely the man of the year guys, the guys that would go to all the promotional and charitable, you know, appearances, the good guys, the guys that the fans wanted to have that pint with at the bar, okay, so you had a guy like that, two, three guys, but there was no coach for them, killer, 
There was no one to oversee them. There was no one to teach them how to hold their hands so they didn't break their hand. There was no one to, to tell them a better way to you know, break your fall so you don't hurt so much if you lose the fight. There was no one to say to the coaches, look, this guy, I know that something's wrong with his head. Maybe we need to sit him out. Maybe we need to send him down. Maybe he's not made for this. They, they should have had someone to help out. What about implementing a rule that once you hit five majors, then you qualified for a special insurance because you were sacrificing your body more than another guy in the roster. So now you qualify for that insurance. I think there's different ways that the NHL and HL could have went about things and that they wouldn't be having hundreds of players suing them and doing this and doing that just because they didn't do anything for them at that time. And guys are mad. Guys, guys know that teams knew that they had concussions and they just put them in games and didn't help them and had no care for them. And that's why some of these players are, are, are fighting back and, and, and suing and all this kind of stuff. I just wish things were done differently. I wish they would put some of those rules in now. Well, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think it was back then. It was the, uh... Go home, take two aspirins, have a good shit, and call me in the morning. That was the yeah, right. That was that was yeah. about it. I mean, see how you feel in the morning, you know. So, I don't know. It's just, um, I mean, uh, you know what we, I guess we chose the life we chose. But I mean, it is, um, it's tough on the body. It's tough mentally. Um, but you know, like you said, we enjoyed it at the time. Uh, made a made a decent living. Um, you know, and, and, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, I, I mean, I think now with, uh, uh, the concussion protocols is a lot better. Um, you know, I, I, I think some of the equipment, the hard plastic of the elbow pads and all that, that's gotta go, Yeah. you know, like, yep. like, I mean, holy smokes. I mean, and that's how, you know, that's, that was my last concussion was an elbow, an elbow. to the head, you know? He, yeah. You know, so I, I mean, like I said, why back in the day we just used foam, you know, like I know why, yeah, why I don't know, take a piece of foam that's not going to be freaking rock solid hard plastic. I mean, that should be a no brainer right there. Yeah. You know, no, I hear you, man. We got some interesting, shoulders. yeah, we got some interesting things that we've said at the end here for a part two. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And, and, and thank you, bro, for, for sticking in with this for me because, it, it, like I said, it's a really big deal. I'm a really big fan. Listeners have been, have been looking forward to it a long time. So I want to thank the listeners again for tuning in to another episode of The Sheriff featuring special guest, killer Kevin Kaminsky, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you again for coming on, my friend. Well, Sheriff, I want to thank all the listeners, too. Without you guys and the fans, I mean, we wouldn't have jobs, right? So... Uh, this is, uh, you know, anytime I do this, uh, I try and tell some stories and uh, about uh, what the year's playing and coaching and hopefully someone can, uh, you know, enjoy listening to it and, and what it was yes. like, to, uh, you know, like you said, I wasn't even supposed to play in the NHL, I wasn't supposed to get drafted and you know what, uh, you know, I just knew in myself I was going to get there one way or the other and and uh, that that's what it's all about. But like I said, the listeners, uh and the fans are are a huge part of my, um, I guess my process and my, um, you know, record or I guess what am I looking for? I'm looking for my success. Your if success. Wasn't, if it wasn't for them, like you said, like all those promos and all that stuff that yeah, me, you know what I mean? It wouldn't uh, wouldn't be that 
like you said, that that's that's a big part of the game. Whether you're playing in Rochester or or Philadelphia, they're they're ruthless there. I mean, they might hate you, but you know what? That's part of the game. I I love that part. I love going to Philly. I love going to New York Rangers. Uh, uh, you know what? The just to get some abuse and give it back to the fans. It was awesome. Oh, I know, buddy. Uh, that's so awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, guys. So, so we're, we're gonna sign off here. Woo!